Maybe big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market. And we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Tiana Novin, the director of marketing at Athlete Studio, chats about personalization for both marketers and consumers and how NFTs are a big change in the marketing options. Vincent is glowing after a trip to Mexico and AJ likes his food spicy. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. It is so good to be talking to you all. I've got a lot of things to share with you. It's been a great and busy few weeks while we were, you know, just before this recording. So I can't wait to share that with you. But let's take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you who don't know me, you're tuning in for the first time. And maybe you are. We are constantly growing. Thank you so much for those people who are sharing this word of mouth or sharing this online. It's been very good to see and hear from you. We'll talk about what I mean by that. Maybe I was at a conference recently. Maybe people were coming up to me. Did I feel famous? Maybe we'll get there in a moment, ladies and gentlemen. But before we do, I am your host, Vincent Petrofessor, the Vice President of B2B Products here at Starista. Who are we? Let's talk about Starista for like 12 seconds. Oh, that's all. We are a marketing technology company. We own our own business-to-business data, our own business-to-consumer data. We also have our own technology that helps people access that data to help them get new customers through email, display, connected TV. Want new customers? We can help. Email me at vincent at starista.com. That is how confident I am. I just gave you my email address. And boy, are you using it for a variety of reasons. We'll talk about that another time. But the other thing that has been great is I got to see my co-host in person. Starista was very well represented. We were recently at the Ramp Up Conference at Live Ramp. We were in the house, ladies and gentlemen. My co-host, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent. It uh, feels strange to be at home. I've been traveling for three weeks, so this is, uh, this is nice to get back to recording podcasts again. Exactly. This is like my first week. I was, uh, uh, I was in Mexico, which if you're watching this, I still have my glow to me. By the time this comes out, it's probably going to be gone. But at least it's it's here on video. It's captured. But yeah, then I had I had Mexico with the family, and then one day at home, and boom, I'm hanging out with my other family, the Starista family. We roll deep at Ramp Up. It was a great conference this year. Yeah, and I think that uh, dinner will be memorable for a long time at uh, China Live. Shout out to them. China Live was a great time. You know, but of course, what my co-host and my CEO does all the time at these dinners, because he has an appetite for the spice and the flair, uh, <laughs> he always orders these spicy. And I have like the stomach of a three-month-old child, and it he always orders these spicy things. So then he forgets when they arrive. He's like, oh, Vincent, you can't have these. I'm like, yeah, I can't have three of these dishes, AJ. Thank you so much. But you know what? What we figured out is... Uh... We're normally competing for the funniest one. It's Tarista, uh, but it looks like we have uh, several other contenders. 
especially our very own Brian Gold. We have Brian Gold and Blaine Britton. I was cracked that we, you know, you're, you know, you're funny when you make one of our coworkers, Matt Stout, laugh. If you can make <laughs> Matt Stout laugh, my goodness, you need your own sitcom because that's not easy. But yeah, we've got so many funny people. It was a great time. Conferences are back. They're back, AJ, I would think. Yeah, that's probably one of the most packed conferences I've been to in a really long time. It was great to see a lot of people and see you guys. We have not uh, been able to do that much either. So. I know, but it was uh, it was great, and and we you know a lot of partners of ours, a lot of potential new partners there. Thank you for coming out. And I don't know if this happened to you, AJ, but you know a few people, maybe five, six people. Of course, I was counting and keeping track. Were coming up to me and were like, "Hey, man." I love your podcast. I listen to you and AJ all the time. And when that happens, they proceed to tell you how they listen to you. It's like, oh, when, I, and when I'm doing my expense reports, when I'm working out, I'm like, really? That motivates you to work out hearing about marketing? But yeah, we've had a bunch of people come up to me uh, and, and maybe you as well. I, you know, you just don't boast about it like I do. You're, uh, you know, you, you, you've been famous for years. So this is all new to me. <laughs> well, the the only one you wouldn't have liked, and I can't remember who it was, but uh, they confused uh, Blaine for you. So, oh, geez, I would not like that. Yeah. It's uh, you know, he, I was like, oh, you're the host. Uh, yeah, no, I would not like. Yeah, that. No, nor would Blaine. I'm sure Blaine didn't uh, like that. Blaine's Blaine's humor is uh, subtle. It has to be extracted with Vincent. You know, yeah, it's, it's right there. In it's in face. your face. Blaine was cracking me up on this trip. We had a great. Uh, a great time. So many good laughs and, and glad we we represented there. And we had more people than we usually have at these conferences, which was nice. We have a great partnership there with Live Ramp. So shout out to Live Ramp. And and we were out in California, but I we did not run into this next guest. She hails from California, but I thought it was in the same area. And she was quick to correct me. She was like, no, I do not live uh, in that area, but you know, I, I guess semi-close. No, I'm not even sure. She'll explain it to me. California <laughs> is a big state, but we are so happy to have her on the podcast. AJ, she's the director of marketing at Athlete Studio. Warm marketing stir. Welcome for Tiana Novine. What's going on, Tiana? Hi, Vincent. Hi, AJ. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It's great to have you. So, where it, was I right? Because I was, I was upset. I was like, wait a minute. Is Tiana in that area? And I failed to reach out to her to let her know that we were in the area to meet up with us. And she was like, nope, I'm not that close. Correct? Yep. It's uh, totally fine. I used to be, uh, used to live in San Francisco, was there for about a decade. So totally makes sense. And very recently just moved down to Southern California. So uh, yeah. proud San Franciscan at heart. Nice. But she, yeah, she was like, but I'm going to the nicer weather in Southern California. Cause I got to tell you something. I'm, I'm, I was coming from New York city and I was like, and I think this is a common misconception of people, especially San Francisco. where like, it's California. It's going to be warm ish. No, it wasn't not, not the least. I wore the same exact clothing I would wear walking around the streets of Manhattan. So common misconception. Absolutely. Uh, I want to say it was Ernest Hemingway said that the coldest summer he's ever spent or the coldest winter he's ever spent is a summer in San Francisco. Yeah, I know. That's uh, I heard that too. It, it was crazy. But again, as you heard AJ and I talk, it was fun. And it's it's great talking to you, Tiana. We had met a, a while ago 
and we're so happy that you're now on the podcast. So let's get right into it. So for those of you, Athlete Studio, talk to me about the company as you as well as your role. You're the director of marketing there. Talk to us about some of your day to day. Yeah, I would love to. So background on Athlete Studio. So what we do is we work with professional athletes and brands to um, basically help them build their brand equity outside of, you know, their NFL, NBA contracts. So we have about 200 athletes on our platform right now. And so what we do is we, you know, build out their website, their e-commerce. So any merchandise that you see, um, you know, getting them into NFTs where it makes sense. Um, and then as well as working with brands to, um, you know, help them in terms of loyalty programs uh, as it comes to NFTs. So um, a quick example of that would be working with, uh, you know, various NBA teams to do in-stadium NFT drops and um, and launches of that sort. So anything from, you know, working with an athlete on an individual level to build out, you know, a marketing plan or campaign for a specific piece of merch or, um, you know, something that's coming up in um, the next, you know, couple of weeks for them, whether that be a Twitch live stream. So, um, anything and everything. Um, and definitely, you know, an industry that keeps me on my toes because as, uh, all those sports fans out there know, uh, sports and, you know, games and stuff, anything can change in a minute. Like someone's career can take off and, you know, with it one, you know, catch on Monday night football, for example. So, um, so it's very cool, uh, industry to be in and very like on your toes and, um, you know, very fun to work with all these, uh, various, various, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And, and also, so touch upon a few things be, for us, Tiana. So talk to us about, for those that's listening, right, the NFTs. Break that down for us a little bit. I, if they're avid listeners of the podcast, we had on someone from the Milwaukee Bucks, and they very much utilize NFTs. But break that down for us. And then, again, some of your day-to-day within the organization that you're responsible for. But yeah, but really get that NFT out there. I think people would love to know because we have a variety of listeners and half of them might be like, what is that? Absolutely. Yeah. I think NFTs um, often get a reputation for being a get rich quick type of um, uh, type of scheme. And I think the way to reframe the way NFTs work and the future of NFTs is that an NFT that you own um, is essentially like building your digital identity. So an example being, you know, for me, I love Adidas and if I own a digital, you know, NFT of my favorite pair of Adidas that just dropped, then um, I could in turn get access to something for having that. So in term, in like in its um, at its core, it's kind of giving people utility and access to future things. So right now, obviously, it's early days, but um, in the future, someone who has you know said Adidas like NMD brand shoe, then they would get access to a drop. 25% off or something, something along those lines. So it depends, you know, each brand gets to decide what, you know, that looks like, whether that's like, Hey, you hold these five NFTs in your wallet. Therefore, you know, we know you're an um, avid user of XYZ platform and we'll reward you with such and such. So, um, so, you know, as I wouldn't buy a pair of Adidas, assuming I'd get a monetary return, but I would buy a pair of Adidas and wear them for the, you know, the look and the um, I guess the like, clout that comes with wearing that brand. Absolutely. Then Tiana, tell us about how we ask all of our guests this and uh, how you got into marketing uh, in, in to, to begin with, because a lot of people's path is not so straight, right? Right. So talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so right after I graduated college, I went abroad to Australia and did um, a working holiday visa. So that's a visa that's accessible to anyone between the ages of 18 and 30. And while I was there originally, I was going to bartend and then I was like, oh, I should build out my resume. Um, and especially, you know, I think a lot uh, in terms of the Australian job market, you can build a, a lot there without having the experience. So um, I actually got introduced there through a contract role. Um, through a company called Blackhawk Network. And so what they do is they're the middleman between, you know, the iTunes and all those gift cards that you see in, you know, whatever grocery store is nearby and, you know, the, like basically the iTunes and then the grocery store. So they're the middleman between that. And so um, that was my first role in marketing and, um, you know, just being able to see how diverse of a language marketing is um, and then just fell in love with, you know, it could be so creative, it could be so analytical, it could be, it could be anything you want it to be really. So, and regardless, marketing is something that everybody needs, whether you're, you know, an entrepreneur just getting started with your own business or, you know, a fortune 100 company. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how you're marketing, what are some of the strategies and channels that you're offering? Yeah, absolutely. So the way that our business works right now is that we work with the athletes to build their brand and we'll build their website. So from like the jump, we will build out the athletes website and then work with that athlete to do a, um, you know, uh, promote like social promotion on their own channel. So it is a little bit, um, non-traditional in that way, but then also, you know, we'll work with those athletes to put like the, you know, paid socials, obviously, um, helping them in terms of filming content, to get out across, you know, the various social channels. So right now it's very social and email heavy, um, but a lot of it comes from the athlete themselves. So, you know, the more um, each of these athletes that we work with, the more we can drive home the value and equity that they're building in themselves and in their brand um, and also in the communities that they're building. So, you know, um, we also create subscription lists for people to be able to, you know, stay in the inner circle of those athletes and know, um, firsthand. So it's like having access to that athlete that you would not have otherwise. Right. So like, um, you know, I'll work with the athlete and their team to find out, Hey, um, you know, they have a 24 hour Twitch stream coming up and they have, um, a new merch drop and Hey, can I extract that story from them of like why this merch piece of merch, what it means to them. And then how do we, you know, get a video of that or, you know, a clip or even just like a couple of lines so that it, um, resonates on a deeper level with the fans. And, um, so whether that's, you know, getting an athlete into a, uh, AMA with the discord audience or, um, you know, uh, sending out email updates while they're in season or off season, or, you know, if they're having a camp, uh, summer camp for, you know, uh, like inner city kids. And so, um, so to answer your question, the long roundabout way is uh, a variety of channels, but a lot of it is very like athlete um, centric, but then also from an athlete studio perspective, we have all of our own channels that we're like, uh, co-promoting all of those things with the athlete as well in tandem. Gotcha. And tell us a little bit about, you know, what makes athlete studio different from its competitors and how unique is it? Yeah, absolutely. So what makes us different is I'd say the fact that we have, well, for one, my two co-founders um, is what definitely sets us apart. And one of our, my co-founders, his name's uh, Chris Resto. He's been an agent for a uh, sports agent for 20 years. And then uh, I have Nick Lemieux in my um, corner as well. So I have two very like robust uh, in terms of understanding of how it works to work with an athlete. Cause 
I came prior to this came from very B2B, very enterprise. And that is such a different world than, um, you know, being agent facing athlete facing. Um, and then the things that each of these athletes, you know, go through on a daily basis. So I'd say that's, you know, one thing is having the full like 360 view of, Hey, here's like how athletes operate and work and like, you know, what we can do to work with them. And then in terms of our, uh, product, I'd say we have like, um, the, I feel like hippest sounds like a, a word that ages me, but like in terms of like our designs and our designing, our um, team of designers that we have that work with the athlete, whether it's a digital item launching or a physical item, um, I'd say that really, really differentiates us. And then the speed in which we work with the athletes to get their um, sites, their e-commerce, their, you know, all of that live. And then also uh, bringing athletes into the web three. So um, side of things. So I'd say that's something that, especially with the current, um, climate of the market, you know, that's been something that athletes have been hesitant to, um, engage with. And something I wanted, you know, to test out is to see, Hey, if we change the framing and kind of drop the word NFT, like, does that resonate more with the athlete? Does that resonate more with their communities? What are their communities saying? And how do we like bubble that up? So it's kind of, I'd say the, to summarize all of that, um, I'd say it's like the 360 view from whether it's having, you know, a former agent in our back pocket to our team of designers to, uh, Hey, how do we like assess what's going on in the market and what's going on for that athlete? And then, you know, use all of that to inform our strategies for that athlete, if that makes sense. And Tiana, what, what would you say the, the athlete studio specialty? Is there like a, is there a sport or, uh, of an athlete that is it sports teams? Where, what would you say is like with even the niche within the niche? Yep. So right now uh, we're predominantly NFL players. Um, so I'd say about 70% of our roster is NFL. And then, um, you know, this current offseason from the NFL, we're really focused on NBA. So I'd say we have currently about 10 uh, NBA guys, some WNBA, some uh, UFC. But uh, in terms of like where our bulk lies, it is NFL for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do work with athletes on an individual level, but a lot of agencies as well. So like the sports agencies. And then if let's say, you know, one agent has five athletes, then we would onboard those athletes, um, and then get them set up with their site. So, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of, um, our, you know, time together that like for, you know, OBJ, he had that one catch that changed his career. And Mm -hmm. so the idea is like, Hey, we want all of this in place for the moment that happens so that, you know, we can like, pounce essentially and you know come up with it like for Justin Jefferson on the Minnesota Vikings this um past season we created like a catch of the year um hoodie for him and a catch of the year and you know made him like some uh some streetwear and essentially like a bundle that had an NFT incorporated into it and you know like a token gated like you needed the NFT to get access to this special limited edition drop and you know so being able to jump in on these moments for when you know their careers skyrocket and essentially monetize for them. Right. So then they have, uh, like themselves and their marketing teams will then have a list of, you know, subscribers, customers, uh, people that want to reach out, um, in terms of opportunities, sponsorships, et cetera. So, you know, being able to give them all of that information that other than, you know, people reaching out through social media, they otherwise wouldn't have. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny you say that because I first learned about NFTs through the National Football League as well. I believe it was like Tom Brady, then Eli Manning and Peyton started up some stuff. And me as a Giants fan, I was like intrigued. But it's like, I feel like NFTs are changing 
the marketing world. You know, so talk to us about like how do you think that's happening? What what's the hype around them? Is it just like you know, it's beyond the sports world too? But to comment on that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd say NFTs equal like hyper personalization for marketers and for like the consumer as well. Like, so in the future, you know, if I hold, so I have, you know, two cats and let's say I have cat NFTs and then therefore marketers know that I'm a cat mom and then they could specifically market things. And I know right now that exists obviously to a degree where, you know, Instagram's always listening or um, all of that. But uh, outside of that, it's just like hyper-personalization and also just getting closer and closer access to whether that's a brand or an athlete. Um, and a great example of this is, you know, something that uh, my team and I wanted to test is, hey, if we change the name NFT to something like Athlete Pass, um, would that change the sentiment? Because we did both, right? We launched like a NFT pack for an athlete where he's talking about it as an NFT. And, um, and then there was not saying the word NFT at all, calling it a digital collectible and just saying like, you know, uh, we guinea pig this with um, Terry McLaurin, who's a wide receiver on the Washington Commanders. And um, essentially we have a video of him saying like, hey, you know, um, like, you know, he's Terry McLaurin and how he wants people to join his uh, athlete pass. And what they get out of that is exclusive content, you know, uh, merch drops that are only, so it's, it just allows for a lot more like limited edition, um, a lot more things that in terms of rewards that you can do. So whether that's, Hey, collect these five things and get access to this. Um, so it's, I think honestly, sky's the limit with that. Um, and it's just kind of meeting the market where they're at. So, you know, right now, you know, the word NFT isn't, uh, as popular as it was, let's say in 2021. So, um, you know, still utilizing the functionality that, uh, the blockchain gives us, but, um, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, meeting your audience, uh, where they're at. And that's something that, you know, in terms of like asking people around me, I'm like, Hey, do you understand NFTs or does this make sense? Or, you know, just, just meeting your audience in terms of like verbiage where they're at. And this is a field uh, that's uh, dominated by men. What advice would you give somebody who's a young woman who's uh, trying to enter this field? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd say my first and most important piece of advice I think that I've ever gotten in my career and that has served me very well is um, no one is going to advocate for your work for you. And you know, it is your job to make you know people care essentially. And um, I'd say something that I found super useful is kind of figuring out what, you know, the goal and motivation of the person or team or group across from me is, and then using that as a data point for me to center around of like, hey, here's what I'm working on, but here's the data that came from it. And like, essentially, here's why it benefits, you know, you or team or product or whatever it may be. Um, but, you know, co- like, cont- continuously, I think a lot of people assume that, uh, hey, people know what I'm working on, right? But until you kind of distill it down in a short digestible like way to get people to care essentially um, and kind of centered around what would be important to them. Um, you know, that I think has really given me a, a, a leg up. And I think especially as a you know woman in the space um, in sports, like it is absolutely male dominated and um, you know, just voicing your opinion and um, yeah, not being shy to do so. And I'd say, you know, the first couple of times is definitely nerve wracking. And then um and then you get, you know, more and more used to it. And, um, you know, the rest goes from there. 
And are there experiences that you think are kind of uh, uh, unique to women in the field that uh, requires a different type of female leadership? Yes, like I'd say in terms of having a voice in this space, like I know for myself, I didn't come into this in like in terms of my sports background, I didn't come into this with a heavy sports background. Um, and, you know, I actually wanted to make that a strength instead too, to say like, hey, if I can't understand X, Y, Z, like maybe we need to reframe uh, the way we're talking about it so it re reaches a broader audience or, um, um, and then also I'd say, yeah, I did that, the, this kind of encouraging, you know, the younger generation of people coming in to use their voice, to say it, to, you know, really highlight that, you know, your opinion matters and that like we would essentially, you wouldn't have the job you have unless we wanted that opinion. Right. And I think I had a, a manager in my early career say that say that to me when I wasn't speaking up and, um, you know, really pushed me out of my comfort zone. So I'd say just being able to kind of see what people's strengths um, are and even asking, I, you know, ask my team that all the time, hey, what did this project, was this fun for you? Was this not, you know, like just, a, um, I feel like people will always give you the answers if you're, you know, willing to, willing to ask and, um, you know, helping put people in the places that bring them joy and, uh, you know, shifting around, um, other projects and stuff, because another learning is if for, like, let's say, for example, um, uh, for myself, like I can absolutely do email marketing. It is not a personal passion of mine, but you know, there's so many people who it is a passion for, and just like figuring that out so that everyone is doing what they love. It's a, it's a passion of mine. Data is a passion and email is a passion of mine. I get it. I get That's like, that's an, it's an inside joke about uh, data, but um, so Tiana, talk to us about some big news coming out, any new news coming out for Athlete Studio. What are you excited about? Yeah, absolutely. So definitely very excited. Um, we've been, you know, very athlete individual centric, and then now we're, um, you know, unleashing an enterprise offering where we will work with um, brands. And right now it is mostly focused around, you know, uh, sports teams, but that'll eventually expand to a lot broader of an audience, but essentially giving um, kind of the framework for creating a loyalty program through NFTs. And I mentioned the example of, you know, the um, and working with the NBA teams, uh, essentially to do in stadium, in arena drops, and then rewarding in person attendance. And um, so essentially, if you go to, let's say, 10 Celtics games, um, and at each one, you collect uh, the, you know, off the Jumbotron, um, half, you know, halftime uh, uh, NFT, then you get XYZ. So working with either brands or teams uh, to kind of identify, hey, is that, you know, a merch credit? Is that a, um, what does that look like? And how do we um, build that out into something that's a robust uh, rewards for, you know, encouraging people to be there in person, as well as, um, you know, bring in stadium sponsorships and, um, you know, the different uh, pieces, whether that's, you know, um, Adobe sponsors, the giant stadium, you know, like kind of bringing in the different pieces so that uh, it's working like a across all the pieces of what the stadium is already doing, but just bringing that into um, the like 
I guess, immediate user experience for the consumer that's in the seat. You know, all this talk, AJ, I'm, you know what I first thought of? I was like, you know what? It's maybe time for the marketing stair to get its own NFT. We need to make some, uh, you know, we have fans. We should get like our own exclusive content, what we could do. I don't know. Maybe uh, we'll, we'll have to figure that out. Maybe a song by Carl Van Delden or something, an exclusive <laughs> song that they unload. But uh, that's, uh, that's awesome. Tiana, talk to me about, you, you, you touched upon a lot of great advice that you were given and then that you live by, but, you know, any, you know, thus far a shining moment in, in your career, something you're really proud of? Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, I know I, I mentioned this a bit, but I'd say the, you know, launching athlete pass and figuring out that was like the conundrum of what was going on in my mind right before that is, Hey, how do we make NFTs relatable to anyone, right? That I could explain to my grandmother and they'd understand. Um, she'd understand, or you know, an eight-year-old. And then um, trying to figure out, like, hey, asking people what would motivate you to get an NFT. Um, and then figuring out, like, hey, if the athlete says it in this way, is that digestible? Is that understandable? And the the aha moment when it like clicked, and I saw, you know, the athlete posted and their entire, his entire community blow up and say, wow, this is so awesome. You know, like that was such a moment, um, of, you know, an exciting moment for me in, you know, just my career to be like, oh, wow, we can really distill down kind of any concept, regardless of how technical and make it understandable and digestible. And, um, that was, that was really, really awesome. And I'd say, um, super proud of that. So that's definitely more, uh, more recent. Um, and then another, you know, big, moment in my career that I'm really proud of is, uh, launching, uh, the employee advocacy program at unity and, uh, getting it to scale to 2000 employees. So, um, from, you know, and, you know, I did employee advocacy at Adobe prior to that. And then, you know, saw a gap when I got to unity and, you know, realized there's so many passionate employees and being able to harness that power of that passion. And, um, you know, track, Hey, what does this do for the bottom line of the business? And, uh, in terms of business impact. So I think that was a really valuable and exciting, um, experience just because I, you know, I was on the social media team and we weren't uh, tied to revenue, but I was able to prove and provide uh, direct revenue from a program that I launched and, um, helped everyone from, you know, recruiting to sales and, uh, in terms of like building their pipelines and, um, being more active on social and, um, you know, building personal brands. So, uh, personal brand is a big passion for sure. Awesome. So one of our staple questions here is around LinkedIn. So I'm sure you get a lot of unsolicited messages. So would love to know what's a message that gets a response from you and what's one that really annoys you. That's a great question. I like that. Um, I'd say ones that get a response. I'd say, you know, in like something that just feels authentic and genuine and um, is more like conversational, I'd say, versus like a full, like full immediate pitch. And I know, you know, there've been people who will be like, oh, I want to add you to my network and then immediately come in hot with like, uh, let's talk about my software. And, you know, I get the hustle, absolutely. But, you know, that's when, um, you know, it, 
that's probably when I would be like, oh, it's okay. Unless it was a software that I specifically like very much needed. But I mean, in terms of the amount that that happens is a lot. Um, but, you know, I've had people, I think the one that was really impactful, like I had a guy reach out and, you know, he recorded a video um, about his like software and how it would, um, and not like a, you know, demo video, but just of him. Um, so I'd say, yeah, the more personal and um, authentic, the more likely that it is that I'm going to respond. And also I think that's how I found you guys too, was a LinkedIn reach out. So, you know, a lot, a lot of good can come from it too. So <laughs> there we go. We got an example of one you responded to. Sure did. <laughs> so I have to ask you this because I got into a fantasy football just about uh, six months ago and uh, our, it, it just so happened, total coincidence that Vincent and I were the two ones in the finals. So uh, is this something uh, you, you dabble in? I know you weren't a big sports fan when you started, but do you guys have an office uh, fantasy league as well since you work with a lot of athletes? So in terms of fantasy, that's something I definitely plan to get into next season. I think this season was just starting to even understand all the, whether it's basketball or football, um, you know, just like how it all works. And uh, to be fair, I think a few people on my team were like, hey, you're not at the point to be in a league. We're too competitive for this so for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is totally fair. Like, I get it. People take it so seriously. Like on draft day, people are like heads down, you know, like don't want to be. And my dad is such a huge football fan that on Mondays I'll be like, dad, can I come watch the game with you? And he's like, only if you're going to actually let me watch like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm surrounded by a lot of serious sports fans and I'd say, you know, now I have a good enough foundation to do, to get in to, um, into that. And I think, you know, it sounds like such a good way and, you know, the, whoever created fantasy is such a genius, you know, making mm -hmm. everybody feel so invested and, you know, staying so on top of it and learning. So I'd say that's, honestly going to be a really good way for me to learn to be honest well yeah and, and other people do fantasy football for only once their entire life and they go and read a book and they wind up winning the whole thing that's our uh that's our co-host and i was the uh, the victim of of <laughs> that uh that win i was the victim of it i, I wasn't gonna go that far Vincent well, that's, of course, there was the only other reason to bring it up. I knew you brought it up for a reason. It's, uh, but yes, he, uh, he did win our league this year. The true test, Tiana, is next year. It was a beginner's luck or is he a real competitor? So fantasy football is not your thing right now, but it, you know, maybe it will be. But talk to us about some of your hobbies, interests. You, know, you, you moved from San Francisco down to you know, sunny California there. Tell us what you like to do for fun. Yeah, absolutely. So I live on in Long Beach on the beach. So I love, you know, going for walks by the water. I just took up roller skating. Um, it's been uh, it's been a journey in which knee pads have been very useful. <laughs> roller skating, yeah. You don't hear people like just like just taking up roller skating. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really it's really fun, uh, and a lot of people definitely do it in the area. So um, that, and then I also you know teach yoga. Um, and, you know, definitely, uh, you know, very avid practitioner of yoga. So, um, I'd say that as well. And then anything and everything, you know, self-help, I recently went to go see, uh, Esther Hicks and see her conference that she actually came to Long Beach and, um, 
And so, yeah, I'd say between, you know, that and traveling um, and my two cats, um, I'd say, and then also, you know, trying all the restaurants and going out for food. And um, this past weekend, I went to an amazing uh, Persian restaurant and, you know, being uh, Iranian born and raised, it was like the best. So, yeah. So, you know, no, no shortage of extracurricular activities over here. That's, that's awesome. And, you know, I don't know if AJ even knows this, but I am getting back into yoga uh, one week uh, in one week from uh, when we record this. Yeah. Because I have to strengthen my core. I'm getting too old. I, I feel like there's flights I take now and for six days after I'm just in pain and I never felt better than when I took yoga and so uh, I'm back into it. I'm going to, I think, the Core Power Yoga Studio in, uh, in Tribeca here. So that's... Nice. Uh, I, I thought you were going to say you were also part Persian. So. <laughs> no, I know. It's, uh, but, I, you know, Persian food sounds amazing. That does sound. I'm sure in New York City there's tons of places. But, yeah, going to get back into, uh, you know, get back into yoga next week, actually. So uh, stay tuned, listeners, to hear how that goes Tiana, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you uh, for all the things that you do there at Athlete Studio. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Tiana Novine. She's the Director of Marketing at Athlete Studio. That's AJ Gupta, fresh off a trip and a fantasy football victory. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. This has been another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.